so if we, as we have just read this morning, Scripture is filled with this imagery of God creating, creating works of art. Things in his universe he creates with the, the mere utterance of his spoken word. In Genesis chapter 1, God says in the beginning, let there be light. And the Bible says, and there was light. And from that point forward in Scripture, whenever God said, let there be something, then whatever that something was, was brought from nothing to existence by the spoken word of God. Then in the second chapter, we see something that brings a different perspective on God's creation. It's particularly interesting if we examine the little nuances in it. Genesis 2 tells us that after God created the heavens and the earth, all of that done with the power of his spoken word, then it says that God formed man with his own hands from the soil of the earth that he had created. Of all of God's created universe, humankind is the only thing of God's creation that he touched with his hands, not just with the spoken word. When he created man, he, he spoke man into being, but more than that, he reached into the soil and he formed humankind. He touched humankind in this creative process, molding us, forming us with his own hands. Makes me think of a potter. Have you ever watched a potter at work? They're carefully spinning clay on a, on a wheel, on the potter's wheel, and, and the clay is just the right consistency. It has just the right mixture of clay and water and only the potter knows what that is whether it's learned skill or intuition however the potter does it it's just the right pressure of the hands it's just the right position of the hands it's it's just the right technique it's meticulous it's skilled workmanship to take a lump of clay and make something beautiful out of it and once Whatever it is, the vessel, once the vessel's formed, that's not the end of the process. No, it has to dry and then it has to be fired. Sometimes it has to be glazed and sometimes fired again so that it creates this beautiful finish. It creates this hardness that makes it a useful vessel. See, our creator God is a master potter and the works of his hands are masterpieces. A lot of scripture to support this imagery of God as the potter. Isaiah 64, verse 8. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Or Jeremiah 18, 6. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, he writes, For we are 
his workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, the message is pretty clear. God is the potter and we are the clay. God's the potter, we're the clay. And he forms that clay into vessels for his own purposes, for his own use. Second Timothy, second chapter says, Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. See, if God is the potter working the clay into vessels, well, then that makes each of us a clay pot. And so Paul, in our epistle this morning, talks a little bit about that. He says in 2 Corinthians, For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ? But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh, so death is at work in us, but life in you. See, Paul tells us that one of the reasons God the potter formed us into vessels, one of the purposes he has for us is to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. And when we do that, we also proclaim ourselves as bondservants for Jesus. A bondservant is a slave by choice. There's a lot of misinterpretation about slavery in the Bible. It's easy to take that reference and, and try to make it fit into our own personal agendas and boxes, but really, most of the references in the Bible about slavery can be translated more accurately as bondservants. This was the most common form of slavery in the Bible. Sure, armies conquered and, and took captives and made them slaves. Yes, that happened. 
but very often there was this contractual arrangement between the head of a household and a servant who would contract him or herself out for a set period of time. And depending on the agreement between the master and the servant, that relationship could be a short period of time or it could be for life. In fact, in some instances, this relationship between the master and the servant would develop into more of a family type relationship and the servant might choose to commit their service to the household for life. And Paul says that our relationship to Christ is like that of a bond servant. A bond servant who has committed to a lifelong relationship with the master. See, the thing is, when we sell out completely for Christ, when we do that, this, this vessel that God created can be emptied of ourselves. And then it can be used as a vessel for the Holy Spirit. It can be used as a vessel for the message of the gospel. And it's not a perfect vessel by any means. And, and that's the point. It's not a, a vessel that's particularly strong. It can, it can chip, it can crack, it can be broken to pieces. It's, it's weak and it's flawed. It gets bounced around and beaten and abused by the world. It gets, it gets bounced around in everyday use. But the treasure it contains, well, that treasure is unbreakable. It can't be destroyed. It can't be soiled. It can't be tarnished. It can't be changed by the world in any way. But it can change the world. The treasure doesn't change, but it can change the world as we, the vessels, release this life-changing power into the world. Now, sometimes we release it through the chips and the cracks. The brokenness of our particular vessel that leaks this light of the treasure that's held within into the world around us. It's through our brokenness that the light seeps into the world. And, and by the way, if you so choose to take off the lid of your vessel, how that light floods the world. Why did God put treasure in an earthen pot? Not just treasure, but divine treasure at that. Well, it's to show that the treasure has nothing to do with the pot. To show that this power is from God and not from us. And the result is that no one, not even the apostles, not even Paul, nobody can boast before God. Because it's not about the pot. Paul's image here, it captures this mystery. The, the glorious gospel is contained in 
this humble, inferior, weak, chipped, broken vessel. Paul says, I'm a broken vessel that carries a treasure. He says, I'm a cracked pot. I've been rejected, afflicted, subject to destruction, but this weakness and vulnerability is necessary in order to properly convey the gospel to the world. All can see that the power doesn't come from the vessel. It comes from the treasure within. This treasure of the salvation of the world doesn't come from the pot. It comes from the God that created the pot. Does that make sense? So I guess the question this morning is, are you a cracked pot? If you're a cracked pot, be one that leaks the light of Christ into the world. Cracked pots express the wisdom of God who chose, 1 Corinthians says, who chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not. He chose those to reduce to nothing things that think they're something. That's an amazing thing, that God chose each of us as individuals to accomplish his purposes in the world. And so each of us, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we are clay pots. And each of us has been touched personally by the hands of God the Father who created us and each of us is filled by him personally with the Holy Spirit to carry inside of us this message of light and of hope that is in Jesus Christ as such vessels we carry so great a treasure. It's our responsibility to share this light and hope with this fallen, broken, darkened world around us. Even if the light just seeps out through our brokenness, our cracks, and our chips. So often, we feel like we are earthen vessels that are unworthy of containing such a treasure. So often, we focus on the cracks and the chips. And we don't think about the treasure that is stored inside of us we don't think about the grand design of God 
who created the vast universe that thinks about us as something important, as something useful. And so I offer to you this morning an opportunity to rejoice in the fact that you're a pot, a vessel, that God chose to impart his Holy Spirit into you so that you can carry the light of Christ into the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.